is up, Internet. You are a special boy, Nathaniel. My name is Matthew Kroll. And this is Shahir Dowd. I pray you sing a new song, Matt. Wow. All right. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film The Birth of a Nation. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. As have I. And especially because we have a wonderful guest with us, Shahir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we have with us the creative director of Popstar Media, veteran television producer, and all-around amazing human being, Rahman Ali Bug. What's up, buddy? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? How you doing? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here, gentlemen. I'm glad you could make it. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming along and specifically to talk about this movie, which we've yeah. been I've all been looking forward to this conversation. Once I got the Facebook message, I was like, oh, shit, what's, what's he calling me about? Yeah. <laughs> I can curse on here. Yo, right? yes, you can. We <laughs> Encourage it. We would prefer if every word or every second word was a curse. This flin flarn. Yeah. Uh, so, but no. When I got that, when I got the uh, the Facebook message, I was excited. I was like, okay, what's this going to be about? Then when I spoke to you, Matt, I was, I was yeah, I was like, okay. All right, because we knew get each into other because I've had a couple of conversations about this, so I'm kind of revved up. Nice. Well, 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 I mean, you know, in that vein, you know, we've introduced you as a television producer, but what's your what's your film background like? What do you what do you kind of like into as a film? And well, you, you're, you're, you produce short films as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of different kinds of TV stuff, different kinds of formats. I mm -hmm. work in different kind of producer roles, mm -hmm. you know, from um, like supervising producer or coordinating producers of shows like... Um, there was a once in a time there was a show called Hip Hop Honors on VH1. Yeah, and that was kind I worked of like, on that show. Yep. Yeah, we, I think we both did at one point. Yeah, you yeah. know, I thought that that show was a pretty incredible thing, and um, I started off as an intern on Yo MTV Raps. You yep. know? Yeah, yeah. And, fellow um, fellow intern MTV family here. Exactly. <laughs> We've been to the school of MTV, which is a wonderful school. Has a lot of folks in it, but um, but yeah, done that to different kinds of reality shows. So I've been around, and then I've done uh, a couple of short films. You know, mm -hmm. and the short films you know um uh have there are two one is like a, a triplet of stories of yeah. intersecting stories but it's it's called shades of brooklyn volume one it's an intersection of like three different um groups of people uh and their day-to-day -day, but the but the different levels of their experience and you know and they and it kind of seems simple but they become uh something that are things that are poignant and you know and and are, are life-changing for for some people um and this other one um called taste like medicine is more kind of a i really wanted to do it because it was a, a play on or at least it i thought it invited it invited a discussion for um uh for mental health you okay. know um because it was about this this it's about this young dude who just lost his mind when his girl broke up with him, you know. And then he flipped the script at um, at a, at a wet at a at a baby shower that is that his ex girlfriend is having oh. with her new boyfriend, and he's kind of stuck in this kind of um, Groundhog's Day of living this day out over and over. And he's got you know this escort who helps him with it. You know what I mean? Helps him with his issues because he brings her to the to as the, you do as, as he should. Yeah. You know my, what I mean? My wife gets she really upset deserves when, I this. The, when I bring the escort home. You know what I mean? really pissed off. <laughs> so I understand completely. You know, so I like right. these. I know where you're coming from. You know, so so it's always different kind of stuff. I mean, like, I'm a very, you know, I'm, I'm very open to different kinds of ideas, you okay. know, and I, and that's what I appreciate about our background of being at MTV is mm -hmm. a space where there's a lot of 
of, of different kinds of people, different kinds of ideas, yeah. and, you know, different kinds of, of formats to play with and roles to play, which made it a, which made it a playground, so to speak, for people who just wanted to be creative and be professional about it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I'm just very open-minded in terms of the storytelling. I like action movies. I like stuff where people get killed and, you know, shit blows <laughs> yep. up. And, oh, like, you and Matt have a lot to talk about. We have the Eternal War. He's not a big uh, Marvel or that's really true. DC that's fan. True. From the films, from the films. Yeah, that's not true. That's what? not true. Hey, I Changing like- his tune now that you're in the room. No, no, no. What it is hey. is I like action movies hey. that, that, that make me think. All right. That's, that's my thing. And I'm, yeah. There's, yeah. A, well, there's also a longstanding joke that Shahir hates fun. Which, oh, that explains it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got that vibe as soon as you walked <laughs> in the That door, explains right? it. But no, so you brought up the Facebook thing because I messaged you on Facebook to see if you wanted to talk about this movie because I'd seen that you had posted um, an article mm-hmm. and something. Mm-hmm. I, I know we're all on Facebook or most of us are on Facebook mm-hmm. and a lot of us have tons of people, especially in this uh, time frame uh, that we're recording this uh, in October, election the election time, <laughs> yeah. is just a slew of every one of your people on Facebook mm-hmm. telling you, you, the person watching or listening, how it is. You mean but the echo chamber of the Facebook? The echo chamber of Facebook. But dude, your Facebook is consistently like one of the ones that I, I really enjoy. Like anytime you post an article, I read it. So like, and that is something that I cannot say. Sorry, everyone else I'm friends with on Facebook. I'm suddenly feeling very hurt now. (laughs) I mean, out of the two people in this room, you are the only person I read everything that they post. Um, So no, I I was glad you were were psyched to talk about it, and I'm glad you could make it. I appreciate that. If you're enjoying the witty banter that we have. Stop calling our banter witty. It's not cool if you call it out. I'll stop calling witty when you stop calling this segment that I do. Housekeeping, uh, but uh, but if you're interested, here's some housekeeping. <laughs> uh, you can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at uh, gmail.com or hit us up uh, on our brand spanking new website, onlymoviepodcast. It's still shiny. It has that new podcast. Yeah, smell. it has that new podcast smell. Um, we have been inundated with a lot of notes from our drive review, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, we review. Uh, Raman, for for uh, for those in the know, we review older movies from time to time at listener request, and um, mm. and we did. Is drive. housekeeping still going on? Housekeeping is still going okay, on. Okay, all, right, all, right, all right, all right. I, I prefer everyone stay silent during the <laughs> housekeeping, if you don't mind. Please just. Uh, this is me time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This all right, is what I have to deal with it. on a weekly basis. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, all right. Housekeeping. But we reviewed Drive. <laughs> And it was a hell of a lot of fun. I think uh, not since uh, Lobster have we yelled at each other that much in a single sitting. For 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 those of you who don't know or haven't listened to the episode, uh, I am one of the only people on the planet that dislikes the film Drive well, with the passion of a thousand fiery suns. Turns out that's not the case. We had a lovely email from Laura who said, hey guys, love the Drive podcast. Gotta admit, I'm on Matt's side. Glad I'm not what? the only one who wasn't a fan. Uh, she asked us to review Nightcrawler uh, for a comparison, All right. uh, which I think I'll add to the list, and we will definitely do at some point. Uh, my buddy from New Zealand, Rajiv, who hosts the only podcast about New Zealand films, um, oh. uh, tweeted Ultimate us. Ultimate reality. I know. Uh, I think Shahir and I like similar things, but I've never agreed with you more than your uh, episode on Drive. He so agreed he, with you. He agreed with me, okay. not with you. And just to even balance it out, Stephen Press also emailed us, longtime listener. Um, he said he saw Drive on a plane and agreed with Matt that the shots held for far too long. Thank you. But he thought it was only because he saw it on a plane. It's not. 
Now, I had a couple of other private tweets sent to me that I can't read out. But, but fair to say, Drive is right down the middle. People uh, people are either on your side or mine. Well, already. I'm happy. Yeah. I like that. Thank you, everyone. I'm um, surprised. I'm f- thoroughly shocked because <laughs> I've never met another person in person you, that feels you, the way you I You should do. organize a collective group of Drive haters to like meet up and watch and just be uh, miserable with the Fast thing? and the Furious together. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not yeah, why I mean, we're yeah, here. Yeah, let's time. I'm fine with that. <laughs> that's not why we're cool. here today. We're on to Nate Parker's directorial debut, feature film directorial debut, because I'd seen his short film, American. Housekeeping is uh, officially over, right? Uh, guys, I was wondering. I didn't know. I, so, I, uh, listen, I'm allowing you to interject at this okay. point. Oh, thank you. But while I'm speaking, please be quiet. Okay, God, <laughs> you, you interject after. God, fuck. <laughs> Uh, so this is Nate Parker's directorial debut, which uh, premiered at Sundance uh, last year to much, much acclaim. It was the highest grossing sale Impressive. at Sundance uh, to Fox Searchlight Pictures for $17.5 million. Um, Parker himself was heralded as the newcomer in the cinema world. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I certainly think there's there was some residual... 12 Years a Slave energy going on here, which is that 12 Years a Slave, as we all know, won the Oscar two years ago. Yes. Uh, very much lauded film. Fantastic so film. I think uh, uh, absolutely uh, <laughs> amazing uh, movie. I'm a big fan of that, uh, of Steve McQueen, the director mm-hmm. as well. So uh, when I heard about the acclaim for Birth of a Nation, I saw that those initial images were so powerful. I was kind of like, yeah, I want to see this. Uh, but in the last few months, mm-hmm. Things have taken a turn for uh, for this for this movie that came steaming out the gates at uh, Sundance. Um, I know there's a big elephant in the room with this movie, and if we were to sit the terms down for how we discuss that, I'm I'm going to go and, and you guys might disagree with me. I'll allow you to interject when I allow you to interject. Look, so Army silent. Hammer <laughs> only did that one Lone Ranger movie. All right, yeah. I know that's what's on everyone's that's, mind. That's what it and is, and it was a big flop. And Johnny Depp dressing as a Native American. Uh, mm, you, you, that's the it's elephant. The whole word. thing. So just drop it now. Listen, here, here's here's no, my I take on. I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> <laughs> here's my take on the elephant in the room. I don't, I particularly am not interested in the details of that story. I because. I the mean, details of what story? There's too many elephants in the room. Yeah, there's, there's too many elephants in the room. Okay, well, should we get drop into- it? Drop it. All right. So, I said, continue it. Don't drop it. I'm, okay. Thank you. I mean, moving forward. <laughs> yes. Moving forward. Thanks, guys. This is why I don't get you into Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nate Parker has, uh, in his past, been accused and acquitted of um, sexual uh, of raping. A woman. Yes. Um, and that story has floated around, has resurfaced in the wake of the promotion for the birth of a nation. Yep. Um, and uh, there, if you go online and and Google Nate Parker and birth of a nation, that is most likely the, the first, first story, the first thing you will encounter. I personally am not that interested in the details of that story. What I am interested in mm. is this notion of can you divorce art from the artist? Because we we have that conversation a lot, and I think that's more important to... Mm. you know, b- Because I think the, the nitty-gritty of that story is... You're going it's, deep, it's, huh? You guys going... Wow. We, we I know. Really we literally in. go from you yelling... You took it from two... Mm-hmm. Wow, the levels are so extreme. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. The, the details of that story are to be debated... I'm sure in a courtroom and have been, and there are and and there are more details than you and I will ever know, or perhaps should know right. about that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and agreed. But uh, b- b- what I am interested in, more importantly, is how it relates to the way in we which re- the way in which 
we watch this movie because I think we have that conversation a lot when it comes to other filmmakers like Woody Allen, like Roman Polanski. Mm. Um, with I mean, last week we we reviewed a Mark Wahlberg film, and we don't talk much about the fact that Mark Wahlberg has been prosecuted for assault in two very racially motivated crimes. We don't talk about that when we talk. We and don't. So, yeah. And so I will just bring up one quote. That but he's got black friends and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring up one quote that Charlemagne, uh, Charlemagne the God, tweeted about about this, which was that uh, it seemed to be that Nate Parker's 1999 sexual assault case wasn't that important for the last 18 years of his career, mm-hmm. but suddenly became very important uh, with Ooh. the release of this film. Now, I actually, as much as again, I don't want to take sides on that story, and and I don't care what kind of person Nate Parker is as it relates to this film. As we are just going to discuss the film, I want to divorce that from this. I do think there is some truth to that, which is that obviously it, it is kind of like Icarus flying too close to the sun a little bit, because obviously that case is only being brought up in the context of Nate uh, of this film being released, yep. and it, and and you have to admit. That story being released has taken all the the wind out of the Oscar sale for this movie. Um, that's the truth. So that's it's a really difficult line to take, and I know people should write in to us about this because, um, you know, it says a lot about our culture's approach to sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what mm-hmm. I'm personally interested in mm-hmm. is the way in which we view this film. Sure. And and so, guys, what do you think about the elephant in the room? It's a very small room. Well, I think, you know, that elephant just has so many different levels. I do think there is, we have to look at the artist as a whole and their piece of work as a whole. It isn't like he is only the producer on this project. Like he wrote this project. Like he (laughs) emoted this project. You know what I mean? He starred in this project. He starred in this project and he directed it, you know, so there, so he's connected connected to it on so many different levels that th- looking at any of these artists uh, who we look at solely in a director realm of, of, of Woody Allen or, or a Spike mm-hmm. Lee or mm-hmm. John Singleton or Quentin Tarantino, we'd look at their work as a reflection of who they are because, because they are, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, th- they just are. So, so even in their respective notoriety, we do look at them as part of their whole, you yeah. know, um, Spike Lee is always Brooklyn, you know, yeah. and, and, and whatever with regards to New York and, and, and black people in New York and around the country and, and all these other, you know, uh, directors, Quentin's going to be true to what he loves the most about film. You know, it's this, you know, this real, this real poppy 70s style craziness, <laughs> you know, and take, taken to these extremes that, that I personally love, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's part of who we know him as. So when we look at, you know, Nate Parker, we can't ignore that. We can't ignore that. We, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think uh, there's just this, 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 this two sidedness that you, you, you were always caught up in the, in the midst of it. But I think we admit that, that we there there is some part of it that we do have to allow into that conversation because just, just from the, from the standpoint of, 
why one why you talk about film or why this is this is the only podcast about <laughs> this is a reason why that, yep. yeah you know what i mean because we feel things from these yes. things you know and we want to be be part of this as well as be part of the conversation about these things so so as a filmmaker you're like oh that's i get it that's who you are. oh, oh <laughs> yeah shit, that's who but, you are? But, well no, he, he, Sorry, now, here's, here's the thing too so i was kind of on shahir's side of this whole thing about like i i don't I just I want to look at uh, a piece of work for the piece of work and not necessarily who was behind it uh, until actually a moment when I read the article. I think it was the one you posted. It might have been one that I had uh, seen in addition where there are some historical inaccuracies um, in this film. And we'll get into them sort of more as we dive into it deeper as we go down the plot. But one of them is um, in, in the historical context, I, I believe, of the time that this movie takes place in and the events that it depicts, mm. there is a scene of rape that then um, sort of catapults uh, Nat into action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is was historically inaccurate as to what Nat, I guess, had 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 been all about up till that right. point. Right. So when you, t so, so, okay. So now in addition to a couple, and look, I don't need a film to be hundred percent historically accurate, right. but that's a very specific type of motivation. And it's to have a very generic type of motivation, but, but as if all the other atrocities were not enough to catapult him. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just that tied well, to I, I mean, Yeah. There's so many, uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Like there, there are things about this whole filmmaking process and this thing that we put out as film to say, I want to make sure you enjoy this experience. Like, I think that, uh, I literally had this conversation yesterday. Did you? <laughs> I literally had this Welcome back. Oh, you know, mainly because I, I love this film. You know, right. I love every fucking aspect of this film, you know, for what it represents, for the stories that were told and, and how it was told. I do agree, you know, I bow down to the notion that, you know, there are definitely some, a lot of Hollywood elements to this thing. And I think that's partly why he got that deal. Because somebody was like, holy shit, you did that story in such a Hollywood version. We know it's marketable. So yeah. let me yeah. give you a lot of money just so we got you, you yeah. know, and we could use your name and we could, we could start to build a legacy before this shit happened. Mm -hmm. We could, they, they saw that they saw that as an investment, an investment that was worth that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So from, a, and then storytelling on that point to his credit, he figured out how to tell this story in a Hollywood way, you know, that I was like, wow, he, I, damn, you did that shit. Right. You know, Steven Spielberg didn't do this shit. I'm you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. there are other people who have been in the game longer than him, who know better than him, who have written more than him, who haven't done what he's done, been able to trigger this kind of conversation. Yeah. You know, and this time is poignant. Like, this period in time, you know, speaks to his ability and their desire for this kind of content, even before... We're like, this is, we're years out of them actually making the deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of him actually doing the film. Like, we're, and they, they saw it as an investment even before t now, 2016, mm -hmm. where we're dealing with the climate of just the universe. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And we're having this, uh, this, this sexual abuse or, you know, these conversations about how men deal with women. Not only on, on this platform, yeah, you know uh, I mean? perhaps one of the highest political platforms of our <laughs> entire country. Uh, that's neither here nor there. It's also insane. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, because but but but, but let okay. me finish my yeah. point. Like the the major point is this: like when it comes to this this art form, this craft, 
Fuck it. I don't give a shit. You did it. You did it to to emote to get us to go there to move that character to mm-hmm. that point that made it understandable to these executives in these offices to say, "Oh shit, he hit that trigger. He, he hit it just like we like it, not on some mm-hmm. other other black radical crazy dude that he's been painted as in the, in the book about him." Right. You but, know what I mean? Like agreed. Like who? It's movie making at the end of the day. And he got a chance to tell his this story, this kind of story with that kind of impact at that level for the, for his first time out. Oh, but, shit. No, but, but did you but in relation to the way in which the story about Nate Parker himself has come out in the last few months, mm-hmm. do you right. find that story relevant to the way in which you you watch the film? I, I do. I do. I mean, I think that's, that's, does it, does it, does it but take I think away? Cause you love the movie. Not at all. Right. Not at all. I think that's, that's, that's knowledge. You right. know, that's how we progress. That's what art is about. Right. You know, you take a piece of print and you put it with something, another piece of information like experience. Mm-hmm. And then now we have this thing called TV that people didn't have years and years and hundreds of years ago, but they all put pieces of the puzzle together to say this. Oh, that's what that is. That's what that is. You know? So, History is history is such a huge conversation because when we talk about history and any kind of thing we want to believe about history, it's all somebody wrote that shit down the way they saw it, right. the way they received whatever kind of information for them to tell that story. They received it and delivered it from their perspective. So there's there's always questions. There's always questions that we didn't know we had until we had them about history, about right. science in and of itself. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in the context of, of just history and and here's another way to tell this story. Okay. No, no, no. I, I understand that. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that, but it does take that information into account. Definitely. Definitely. Right. But I don't think it becomes, I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's, it's married do, do you, to do, it. Do you feel that, that Parker is being unfairly maligned by something that happened in his past. Uh, no. Or do you think, or do you think it's, or do you think the criticism of Parker recently, because the thing that's come out recently is that he went on 60 minutes and he didn't apologize and he turned the conversation about himself. You know, like that's the, that's Uh, the, again, I mean, I I don't want to get into too much of that narrative because I'm, I'm personally not that interested. Well, I'll say this. Does it, does that affect your viewing of the film? Nope. It doesn't at all. You know, really it's the same thing. It doesn't really affect me either mm-hmm. because and like in a weird way so we the, the whole thing about separating the artist from the art right yeah a ton of artists that we all love mm-hmm. in and different aspects of our life have all done and i'm not saying this is nothing about uh nate himself but like have all done horrible shit yeah i, I, I mean a lot of people a lot of them and i'm not it, and, and if you're listening that person you pictured in your mind that's that, exactly who i'm exactly. talking about so i'm not even gonna name drop who i'm talking about no it's not you shahir you're no, not no, i'm trying to think who you're talking about <laughs> but like I was thinking so <laughs> so yeah. so like at a certain point this is this is the weird part and and we we as a people as a as a human race if a person is talented enough and their and their art is prolific enough to move enough people it at the end of the day in the general zeitgeist doesn't matter. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's the sad truth of it. I think I think they I think they uh, because of their power and the and and their impact they 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 deserve to be judged mainly because oh, they yes. impact uh, they impact us. You right. know whether it's you know let's. Who the hell is D.W. Griffith? I had a whole class about this man who hated the way I looked. Yeah. Who thought I was an inferior being. I studied that motherfucker. Yeah. So, fuck yeah, Yeah. do this shit with this film. And and you, 
D. W. Griffith, we we didn't have the film, the the, the, the tape on him to see how disgusting he was right. as a filmmaker to fairly judge him now in retrospect. Yeah, what the fuck ever, yeah. you know, yeah. the same conversation about Columbus, whatever the hell. But I think with Nate, with, with Nate. It isn't unfair to judge him, you know, right. about what he did in real life and how that impacts how how people are going to receive the film. For me, it isn't the whole context in which I looked at the film, right. you know, and yeah. it informed it. It definitely informed it because I was like, as an artist, you know, I'm like, how you felt that, though. But how did you like I saw him. He wrote it yeah. then he acted it and then he directed it and you didn't feel what happened in the movie with regards to sexual assault? Like you didn't, you didn't even just for a minute reflect on that other side in that in that process of yeah. creating this piece. That I had, I definitely take into context, and that's why I think he he should be judged because, and I don't think it's it isn't a fair like. The timing is definitely part of the process. I, I just believe that's just part of it. Yeah, you know, I, he's got yeah. he's got to ride it out, you know. But I think his choice of defense isn't it. It, it, it I'm confused by it because yeah. I'm like, how could you make that piece? And you, in, in the way you're talking right now, isn't sensitive, isn't isn't compassionate enough to take to take take the take these into perspective, even if people are nagging you about, like you feel mm -hmm. like you're. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. But there are women who are dealing with this. And and if we're going to use, there's also the context of like, let's be symbolic of story, as storytellers. If we're going to say, if I'm going to have my, if I'm going to have the, the ability to take this story of, of, of Nat Turner and tell it my way right. and, and put it out there, then I'm going to have, I should be compassionate enough to hear other people's stories, you know, and be open to the idea of being, of, of talking about something so sensitive in a sensitive manner. Like he's like, put, let's put the thing on, let's put the conversation on the film. Well, let's talk about all the issues of the film then, yeah. because this, that's an issue in the film. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'm actually like, why isn't anybody just talking about that? You know, right. why isn't anybody asking him about his film and those moments in his film and what he what he thought of when he wrote that scene and what he thought of from that woman's like, I'm like, that's a, that's a simple question right. for me. Yeah. And it might enter him the way it might, he might receive it in a way that he can try to even understand it. But I think he can use this moment, the way he uses his film as a symbol to say, okay, let's have this discussion and then flip that discussion about that, that conversation, yeah. you know, and take it off of him. But he's, I think he's being stupid. He's stubborn. And, and he's being very stubborn in the sense that he's like, but he obstinate and like, this is me. No, this is it. Well, so, and, and, and we'll get into the, we'll get into the movie, movie, movie part of this in a second. But like, there's the interesting, uh, so I guess the, the last thing I'll say about him is I, th I think, and I, I think you put it nicely too, is just like, because he is almost every part of this movie mm -hmm. that makes what he does around and for this movie more poignant. And that, and that's the only reason why I think it's even a talking yeah, point. I think, but I, but I, and I agree with you. And I think, I think we, now that the, basically the, the cat is out of the bag, basically about the story. Army I, hammer I, will never <laughs> do another lone ranger. Never. I think, I th but I think the sad, thing that's, that's, that, 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 I just want to acknowledge is that we are certainly we as the audience are being drawn into what is a PR 
ploy. Mm-hmm. This, sure. This, this entire thing mm-hmm. is a PR mm-hmm. ploy. For, for That's better the other or, side of it. For, for better or worse, like maybe we deserve to know that knowledge. Maybe we didn't deserve to know mm-hmm. that knowledge. Maybe that knowledge is not relevant to the release of the film. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just completely irrele- relevant mm-hmm. to, the, mm-hmm. to the release of the film. But mm-hmm. what we should all acknowledge is mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that this entire thing is a PR. I, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's being released by someone somewhere. To 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 counter the release of the, you know to counter the the momentum of this film, and that's fine. That happens all the time. We are part of that system as well. Oh man, you know, this the only podcast about movies. We are the part only. of the conversation <laughs> yeah. that goes on around movies. The so we're the podcast part. That's, so yeah. so now that we've got Basically. the elephant, have we have we thoroughly yes. dissected the elephant? Have we? Have I we've think so. Acknowledge the elephant in the room. I mean, we've shut it down so much that they don't even have to talk about it anymore. I think. I think we finished. I think it. Nate Parker is happy that we had this discussion. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Have yeah. To have that You're welcome, Nate Parker. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. So let's okay. So let's just get into the the movie movie bit. Uh, the birth of a nation. First of all, um, uh, spoiler alert for me. I never just based on reputation alone. I never saw the. Uh, the, the 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 namesake of this film the mm. 1915 mm. oh birth of a nation version yeah. version uh, so yeah uh it's a it's a piece of work um yeah. in terms of being very 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 long but it's cinematic it is it did introduce the world to particular cinematic techniques yeah. particularly cross cutting i think yeah. is what it's known for um uh and it's not the first like I'm Nate Parker class. yeah gonna... Nate Parker is not the first person to reclaim birth of a nation either really? Spike Lee in Malcolm X Reclaim certain moments of of Birth of a Nation, in particular in telling Malcolm X's story as a child, and he uh, basically he took yeah, the, yeah, okay. the yeah, yeah, yeah. images from, from cool. Birth of a Nation. Was cool. I think really, really effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And then I um I was lucky enough uh, in New Zealand uh, to see a performance by DJ Spooky, who remixed the Shout score. Yeah, remixed the score of Birth of a Nation to to try and reclaim what he considered a racist right. film. Which obviously was the song we started this this podcast with. Indeed. Um, so I think you know, like it's important to note that 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 uh, Parker is making uh, a very bold statement by retitling the film "The Birth of the Nation" and mm-hmm. reclaiming that title back. And I think that's awesome. Like yeah. I think that that was that's just so a smart, b great. Uh, like it's just all it's 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 both a good PR and just good for humans. Right. Like so, I I enjoy that. So so uh, the birth of the nation retells the story of Nat Turner, who mm-hmm. was a um, a slave preacher uh, in Southern Virginia, um, who uh, eventually wound up um, for forty eight hours creating a small slavery rebellion against his uh, against his slave owners. Um, and I think it ended up kill, um, resulting in the death of 57 people and 57 sl- slave owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the rebellion was uh, was cut down was cut down very quickly um, and resulted in the death uh, the many a death of many slaves. And it, and uh, when I moved to America, one of the first books I read was Howard Zinn's A People's uh, A People's History of the United States, which mm. is a amazing anthology of the. Uh, basically a counter narrative to everything we know about American history. Um, and it, it's a, it's a college one one book. Everyone's probably knows it or read it. I've heard something. the title <laughs> at some point or other. Somebody talked about it on Facebook one time. <laughs> that's, that's a fair <laughs> enough point. Um, and so that's where I first, uh, read the story of Nat Turner. He's mentioned very, very briefly on, on in Zin's chapter on slavery. And the main thing there that they were talking about was that, there was this uneasy sense in um, in the period of American slavery, where 
slave owners were very concerned with the possibility of a rebellion uprising because in the initial stages of slavery, um, slaves were, were kind of treated so poorly and so, um, so dehumanized to a sense that, that, that there was almost no possibility of, of a rebellion. But as slaves became part of the fabric of the economy and the fabric of, you know, Southern families, um, you know, slaves stayed in the families for long periods of time, um, you know, had children within those, within those, um, they learned that within those families became learned, um, you know, learned how to operate machinery that was required as technology changed as well. There was this uneasiness, this feeling that, oh, we now have this entire culture that is, that outnumbers us, um, that, you know, what happens if they rebel again? Because essentially we, we're starting to slowly realize that these human beings that we have decided not to treat as human beings have the potential to kill us. Mm-hmm. And, and so Nat Turner's uprising was seen as one of the pivotal points in, in the beginning of the, uh, of, um, the civil war, um, that, that signal that, Hey, the tide could slightly be, could, could change. Nat Turner himself though, is also, um, interestingly in counter counter in guerrilla warfare terms is often talked to, you know, much like Che Guevara, Guevara mm-hmm. um, uh, a, as an example of, of counterinsurgency and how that can work. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Nat Turner's, uh, rebellion uprising didn't last long. It lasted 48 days, but it, you know, like it was a spark. Like, yeah. It was a spark, a single spark, so to speak. Um, which is the famous, the title of a famous Korean film, uh, which, which talks about a similar issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, ding, ding, <laughs> facts. facts yeah, facts there. Irrelevant facts. Um, so I, the irrelevant in the room, bam, did it, wow. brought it back. So that's, that's kind of the historical so context. I, if we're going to talk about our opinions of the films, uh, I have to say, mm-hmm. I, I think it's simply an okay movie. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's particularly great. I don't think, I don't, I think there are some real pacing problems with this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I genuinely believe that to me, the and maybe this is me putting my own inference in on what I think is interesting about the Nat Turner mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's interesting about the Nat Turner story in terms of how it relates to modern political context is this idea that Nat Turner is someone who is radicalized. This idea that he is someone who, uh, through the process of oppression, mm-hmm. radicalized to, to try and fight against his oppressors. And I think that is really interesting. And I think that that, mm-hmm. that is fundamentally something that the movie generally avoids instead focusing on validating that the Nat's vision. So in the film and, and historically Nat Turner is known to being a person who saw visions of, um, you're stuck on the history of it. I I hear you about, I hear you, I hear you about the film part of it. Like there, there are, I don't, I don't receive this film from Nate Parker, you know, as something of the level, um, of some of the greats out there, you know, you know, I mean, the, my, 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 12 years a slave uh, is like, a bit of movie. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's definitely sure. I think it's a better movie, you know mm. I mean? And, and I say that like that because I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the, the beauty in the eye of the beholder, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, there is truth to that. And I, and I believe that this film and this filmmaker made some decisions that 
I, I don't think that he is, you know, as great as a lot of those other people, but he captured something with this film. As a filmmaker, you know, is it like, there, I think there's the conversation about filmmakers. Are we doing these technical masterpieces? Are we paying homage to, to so many others that we can't tell a story the way we want to tell a story, the way we know how to tell a story? Because it's my story to tell, yeah. you know? And as, you know, like we like discussed earlier, like he's, he's, such a part of this film, you know, on so many levels, this is his story. And as an, and as an artist and other filmmakers before him who have taken, who have chosen to take this path of, of writer, director, producer, actor, you know, this is the way he chose to do this piece. I don't know if that's something he always wants to do. And maybe it, he's at the beginning of his career and he can make those kind of decisions that other Hollywood veterans can't make because because of his position and to that because of his position he he's dealing with this shit right now that affects it because there are just some decisions that he didn't make that or or, or isn't yet capable of making that doesn't help him you know in this I mean, space and, and and creatively there are some choices he there are some some different choices you know even my little brother we get into a conversation about <laughs> different versus better you yeah. know what I mean okay. and what what's what's better and what's different if you, if if it did its job, you know, if it was effective, I, that's it, right. Yeah, like we're having a conversation about the film for a reason. It, it it impacted some people. Yeah, I think one of the geniuses of the film is the is the way in which he has he generates images that capture the zeitgeist. Yeah. You know that 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 particular opening uh, the the image that came out of Sundance of him running at the camera screaming is such a powerful image, and I think one of his great talents is that he is a powerful image maker. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's used for the for the fullest effect well, in this particular mm -hmm. movie. This is but he's a powerful he's certainly a powerful image maker. There are two or three images like that in the film that I agree when I was saw it I was like, "Whoa." Like But I think as a whole, like I'll, I'll just since we're talking about images, I'll just sort of talk about the cinematography. I weirdly and I, it's, I feel dirty saying this. I kind of agree with Shahir. I think it's as far as from a technical aspect, mm -hmm. it is an okay film. Yeah. Uh, and when I, whenever I, whenever I uh, watch a film that's either based on something uh, historical or or even subject matter wise. I try to figure out like why is this powerful to me? Mm -hmm. Is right. it? Is it the the skill of the people that made it that's actually telling me the story? Is it the subject matter itself that is so visceral and and uh -huh. and just something that will grab you? Uh -huh. So when I when I watched this movie and I I sort of came out of it being like it's a, it's okay. It felt uh -huh. like to me like a uh -huh. first time filmmaker. Uh huh. And that, that's fine. Uh, but then I was like, okay. I'm like, I got to make sure I got to, cause we were talking about different versus better. Right. So this morning right. I watched 12 years of slave again. Uh huh. Oh, good. I, 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 I wanted to do this. And, and I, I don't watched think it. I've ever watched it. Haven't you? Really? Yeah. So I've seen it twice. Okay. I, this is the second time I've seen it. It, this, and this is why what? I will say different versus better. And I do think 12 years of slave, uh, tackles. I mean, they're different aspects it's of the whole and thing, and but and I'll tell you why when, once you're done. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, 12 Years a Slave is better for me just as a as a viewer because I had like beyond the scope of 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 the historical context and and the horrors of it I had I I literally tear up at 12 Years a Slave mm. and the characters in 12 Years a Slave mm. and I did not have other than the oh my god this is horrible wow. from a historical perspective from from watching The Birth of a Nation I didn't have any tie 
to the individuals presented to me other than, oh my God, this human being is treated, wow. being treated absolutely I, I, atrociously. And I will say, now, th- now this is full disclosure also. The, se- the second part of this is, and you know this about me, Shahir, I'm not a big fan, not a big fan, I shouldn't say this, I have a hard time relating to um, incredibly uh, religious material because I'm not a religious person mm-hmm. personally. So when I, but when I, so like, I, I understand that people are, but I, that never pulls at my at my at my being. Mm-hmm. So when something is so wrapped up in that, I feel like that's part that just isn't for for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that might be why it wasn't as powerful as Twelve Years a Slave for me. Mm-hmm. But um, well, one, yeah. One thing I do want to just mention before we get into Twelve Years a Slave because we shouldn't do that. No, no, I just no. That was just because that's yeah. what's that's the last but, major but the, film to tackle mm-hmm. this. Correct? Am, am I missing one? There's so many, and and the thing, and the thing is, is that slave narrative (laughs) is is a particular subgenre of cinema, and and there's the truth, everyone. This isn't new. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and we shouldn't, and we shouldn't necessarily equate one slave narrative to another as a one-to-one level because but they're, we do. We do, and that's the thing. Well, and in the same way, for example, it's difficult for a Holocaust film to not. Be compared. Oh yeah, to we've talked about that too. To, to not be compared to Schindler's List because well, that is, uh, once, that is a, a, after, that's after Schindler's List. Yeah, but it, you know what I mean. A, but and then it, there's then Schindler's... there's just so many other ways of telling that story that yeah, there are acceptable. And there are so many if different. If you figure out a different way into it, that's like, like, that's, a, a, that's more than a subgenre. Like yeah. that is a, a lot of people made money from Holocaust films. Yeah, and 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 it's it's in the same way that Amistad is not the same as Twelve Years a Slave. It's the same as and and the thing about. That I'm particularly interested in with 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 the idea of slave of, of there being there should be more slave narrative movies brought out is that mm-hmm. slavery predates the proliferation of popularized photography. Yes. So we don't see it. We we know that it, you know, unlike the Holocaust, which which there is visual documentation of. Yeah. Slavery That's you know, very true. There there there's not as much photographic evidence of slavery it's 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 carried through writ- the written language and so the power of good cinema and the reason why i will highly recommend the birth of a nation even if i think it is an okay film mm-hmm. is that i think the power of modern cinema should be able to recapture elements that we couldn't see before yes and i i mean i do think that as good an image maker as Nate Parker has demonstrated to be, both in his in his short film American, which I've seen, it's called it's called American, it's called American, but it's the can is pronounced is is capitalized, so it's a Mary can or Americant. Um, yeah, exactly. Are you an American? What? No, that's a. Uh, if you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me just interject and just touch on two points. You know, uh, well, I want to get back to the Twelve Years of Slave conversation, but I do want to point to what. You, and it, it involves that because, you know, the last point you made was about the the responsibility of film, like mm-hmm. like why why we do this, mm-hmm. you know, why people do this and why we allow it to impact our culture the way we allow it to around the world. You know what I mean? But yeah. here we just are so commercial about it. So with this particular film, I think it, it for for me and for black people specifically, it hit something and touched a nerve for us in a way that uh, the reason why I say, wow, is not with respect to, you know, uh, you know, you not understanding the experience, but it is half that because half of that is like, wow, it really was just black people who felt that. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, this is incredible or whatever. You know, the more I see it and the more I feel it, the reason, you know, part of 
that I think he took on that responsibility heavily with this film. He took on it with his name on every layer of it. He didn't say, yeah, I just want to produce it. I'm going to write in it for a little while, but I just want to do a creative buy or something. No, I'm going to do the whole shit. Yeah. And I'm going to raise all the money for this shit. And y'all going to give me all the money for this shit. And I'm going to be the only person that talks about this shit, you know, because that's my heart and my blood. And that's how much I believe this conversation needs to be had on the level that I'm having it, that I'm in the way that I'm choosing to have it. And that's why I give him credit to this, this Hollywoodization of this story in a way that is more palatable to black people. You know what I mean? Like for, you know, for you to say that, you know, you didn't e emote the way. And, and I always have to look into the emotions we feel. Like, I don't know a lot of the details of all this shit. I studied it and and it's cool to me and I could understand pacing and music, but yeah. it's about these emotions. It's about what you feel and what you allow, you know, um, people in on in terms of these other spaces in the world. And, and then you, you, you connect with them in an emotional space all the time. That's what make these powerful films powerful. What, mm -hmm. That's what makes Schindler's List powerful. That's what makes you know, uh, do the right thing powerful is because yeah. they, they find these things that connect. And for him, he did it for those who didn't see. Yeah. And that's, that's what always amazes me about this film. Like I went to a screening a couple weeks ago and, um, uh, the people in the film, it was mostly black people in the film, you know, in this screening, they were like a bunch of industry people from different levels, but it was mostly black people in the, in, in the theater mm -hmm. or whatever. And I sat, in between couples. Like I went by myself, but some friends were there and they were all scattered, male and female, et cetera. But I was sitting next to a, a guy who was waiting for his girl. And then when his girl came, he sat next to me and then she, you know, he held the seat and then he moved over so she could sit, you know, and I was like, okay, you protecting your girl. That's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a smooth brother, you know, I look good. So, so I was like, that's a smart idea. So, so, but during the film, you know, with him sitting next to me, we're watching the film, you know, I'm, you know, as a, as a, as a human being, there are things in your life that when you're watching something, you connect with and you're saying, oh shit, oh, yeah. that shit is fucking me up right now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm teary eyed. Like whatever it was for 12 years of sleep, mm -hmm. there's something that connected with you that said, oh shit, like, <gasps> oh God, I can't control yeah. this. And so when I had those moments in the film, I was like, oh shit, is, am I dealing with something that I'm not, I don't know what I'm dealing with right now? I started having questions about myself until I heard other men in the, in the theater crying. These other black men mm -hmm. in the theater crying. Yeah. And then other, definitely women in the, in the theater. But it, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I'm looking around. I said, oh shit. Holy shit. It's We're not just me. It's yeah, yeah. not just me. And that was, that was very important for me to feel, to feel, yeah. you know, and it was a big deal for this as a film, you know, as a filmmaker, those as a person who appreciates filmmaking, like I don't watch slave movies, you know, I'm, I'm annoyed by them. I don't watch 12 years of slave. I get it. There was great acting and it was probably like, it was probably spectacular. When I get around to watching it, I'm probably going to feel the same way you guys felt like I'll probably cry and I'll be like, wow, this shit was so cinematic and all that good shit. But, but to me, it's the same guy telling the same story, but they just, we already know we're good actors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she, like she would tell over, he, he was, he was already a good actor. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So when you look at these actors and who, who as as African Americans or whatever, they go into and they say, "Yeah, we're going to play this role with another great, brilliant director." You know, whether it's Steven Spielberg or whoever the hell else, I'm going to be like, 
all right, I'll see it when I see it. But to me, it doesn't mean anything. And well, he was able to find a connection amongst a whole world of people, not only, and, and that's, and that's a, a testament to the business sense of the people who put their money into it was like, damn, this shit will connect internationally. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm going to invest in this thing, in this filmmaking. He made a piece that, that, that connected on so many levels with so many different people that it touched me over, but, and it was invisible to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, and I know it touched all these other people who look and feel like me. He said, I'm going to take it from this perspective and tell it in a way where I know we'll feel it. Right. So that's, that's filmmaking to me. So my, my only issue of contention there is that I think to me, the, the entire intention of this movie is to create a rousing sense that Nate Turner, Nat Turner's rebellion was something that was important, that was needed, that was felt, that that should charge, and even the rec reclamation of the title, the birth of the nation, should should create in us a charge that that we should carry out of the theater. But I don't. And I it, think it does that. I think. And, I think and, and, and there's and the problem for me is I I kind of agree with Matt is that lacking there. There's a couple of problems. One is I lacked an emotional connection to the actual narrative of the film. The second is, is that I, I feel like the, the muddled way in which the rebellion is actually handled mm -hmm. doesn't, I walk out of it without caring. And, and the, and the film that I will say that does this, I hear you. I hear a, you. I, the film that I think does this in a way, and it, and it's, it's, it's again, it's a weird comparison to say, to make, but I think if you think of a film like Braveheart, when you walk out of Braveheart, there is a sense of. The, you you carry the charge of that rebellion with you now, and they're not you know they're obviously we're, we're yeah they're not the yeah they're we not got, the same thing. But I'm saying as a as a film experience, Braveheart takes you out of that. I when get I it. walk out of the Birth of Nation, I don't feel roused by what I've seen. I get it. I just feel like oh that happened and that's interesting. And, and you I, only I kinda, really kind of feel it at the very end. Like I think that's the only time you well you have that one that for surge. spoilers. There's a shot at the end of the film where we see the impact of of what Nat had done in the face of a of a young child. You guys don't do yeah. spoilers like we do. No, we we're do. already we're already okay. beyond we're, that. Well, we're, yeah. spoilers. <laughs> but but I but I feel like the film spoiler alert. <laughs> but I feel like the film doesn't oh, give me God. that charge and I think that that's what the film is supposed to do. Uh mm. <laughs> yes and no. Uh how do I how do I how do I do this? So the story of Nat Turner uh -huh. As the story, and I'm not even talking about the the, the, the what's presented to us in the film, but just sort of uh -huh. his story uh -huh. Uh -huh. is far more engaging than the story, say, I was presented with in Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, this this is sort of my this is sort of my back and forth, mm -hmm. okay? Because I think that story is is at its core m more powerful in a weird way, uh, but I think the way that Twelve Years a Slave portrays the its story is stronger cinematically. However, I don't like what I was hoping when I first saw 12 years of slave, it wouldn't fall into is, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, the spoiler for 12 years, 12 years of slave, but like, the uh, there's Number a 37. I know there's a pinnacle, uh, moment where basically, uh, for lack of a better term, a white person does something that gets him saved. Mm -hmm. right. And I was like, ah, oh, fucking God damn. Damn, no, then I think Twelve Years handles that because that that is actually how it happened. But I know, I know, but what I, what I like about the Birth of a Nation is that's not the like Nat Turner story is Nat Turner's like yeah, it it's just 
he he did it because that's who he. I don't know. It's just so, well. I mean, I, I, listen. I agree with all this stuff, but I'm I'm happy you guys invited me to talk about a film about Nat Turner. This wouldn't happen mm. five, two, three months and ago. And that that's it's the like, whole thing. That is the whole shit. Because yeah. you know what I mean. Like he is making us have this conversation. Of all the nitpicking of like, I think technically it's an okay film, and I know we're we're kind of going a little bit off of the normal structure that we normally do here. But I would a hundred percent tell everyone to go see this movie because it, the importance of the subject matter for me, for this country, specifically right now, outweighs the fact that I think he that overall it's a it's a good, okay film structurally. So, do you so know what I mean? It, it kind of is a counterpoint to what we talked about last week with Deepwater Horizon. Sorry, no spoilers for Deepwater Horizon. If you Damn. But, but it the, catches on fire. <laughs> but the thing with Deepwater saved the day? <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. With Deepwater Horizon, <laughs> I think Deepwater Horizon is actually technically better at doing what it's trading out to do. I just don't necessarily... Agree with what it's sitting out to do, mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. I feel like Birth of a Nation isn't as technically adept. And, and when I mean technically, I don't, I'm not talking about the cameras. I'm not talking about the lighting. I'm talking about the actual construction of this as a piece of film and communicating to an audience. And I think it's clear to see what this film is meant to do. I just don't think it connects. But that also, well. what's interesting is, Ramon, you said it did connect for you. That's that's the. And you can look at me as one person, but I look at me as more than one person. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, especially with respect to the, the representation in this room specifically, like you guys weren't there when all these men felt it. And we don't know, know. the transmission yeah. of that energy in audiences around the country when they feel that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And if it's specific to that world and that experience, then let it permeate. Let it of course. Let, let it marinate of course, of course. there. And I think that's where you know, when you speak to, he knows who he made the film for, and I and I agree to. That. I mean, I attest to that. You yeah. know, uh, based on his decisions and mm -hmm. and and how he put the film together, how it came together, his his choices. You know, with the film, even with regard to the the strategy uh, to how they were going to execute this rebellion. You know, because res with respect to. His audience, like, like he's younger than me. I'm 42. He's probably in his 30s or some shit. Like, he's <laughs> the whole generation just younger and just with a different perspective on the world, like, like, uh, like millennials are because they just have a different perspective. And he made certain choices in this film to be like, I'm going to do it this way because it connects with these kinds of people that I know, that I, that I know will connect with it this way. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it like this because the people who I want to connect with are going to feel it this way. And I say that hushed in a hushed kind of way, knowing that there are black men who are like, yo, I feel that I feel that that cipher of this conversation of when he just sits there and we're just having a normal kind of matter of fact conversation. And isn't like a brigade like like, you know, people have these conversations about, you know, Lord of the Rings or other kind of literary pieces where people are like, yo, but that yo, but they changed it. Like Marvel always gets that. Like they're remaking the world of Marvel on on in front of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm, I think I'm cool could, with that. You could argue the impact of Luke Cage is around what you're talking about. It, it is. It is definitely yeah. that shit. You know, and and the and there's iconography in Luke Cage. You know, the idea of this of this bullet ridden hooded switcher. I was so happy to. I, uh, there were so many dudes at Comic Con mm -hmm. just walking around with, with the, the with oh, the bullet the, the hoodie oh, with the hoodie up and bullet holes in the hoodie. Yeah. It was so fucking cool. No, no, and, yeah, and, that's and, crazy. And I, I mean, look, one of the one of the um, the paragraphs in uh, in Zinn's book. I, I always come back to Zinn's book. I think I think it's amazing. Uh, is that there, there is no there is no way for a non African American to understand the experience of being black in America. There's just no fathomable way 
to to experience it. There's no way to understand it. There's no way to to comprehend it uh, on on the level that an African American does. It is just an entirely different experience that we cannot understand. And and to to judge that experience is entirely wrong. So so I com- I completely agree. This film should exist. Everyone should see it. I personally don't think it is an effective piece of cinema, but I don't. But that doesn't mean that there isn't an audience for this film that will feel. I I do personally think that Twelve Years a Slave, for example, connects better. I think there's there's a. I, I'm particularly fascinated by by exploitation cinema, and mm-hmm. and the thing about mm-hmm. s- slavery narratives is that they were the domain of exploitation cinema because that's the kind of films that B filmmakers and exploitation filmmakers could tap into that mm-hmm. that A Hollywood filmmakers couldn't. Right. So I think there's a lot of amazing films out there and yet to be made. You know that 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 we don't talk about. Um you know um but you know and we all talk about Alex Haley's <laughs> roots as 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 one of the touch points, but I don't think Alex Haley's roots, the the film, uh, well, the, the TV series right. is actually that great a piece of filmmaking. But it's important that it's out there in the same way that there's. It's important that there are so many films about the Holocaust. There are there are, there aren't enough films about Sarajevo, for example. There aren't enough films uh, about slavery um, that really gives us that visceral impression of what it means to be completely dehumanized. But I think that's, I mean, that's like I was trying to say before, like that's why we get into this to be part of the conversation, to add something to the conversation, the way we want to tell that story. Because at the end of the day, when you're a person, whether it's Howard Zinn or whether it's Nate Parker, we want to tell this story. We, it means that much to us Yeah, to tell this story this way with whatever truth or experience that we come with and bring to the table with whatever kind of filmmakers, you know, we want to partake with to, to bring to the table, to tell this story in this way, that's, then that's kind of our job. We take it upon ourselves as, as our job to do that. So, so I think, you know, the beauty and also the, 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 the other half of this, which is so incredible is because there's so many people involved in the conversation. Like, and I say that, like make, a hundred movies about this. And then let's, then let's talk about those movies in that context. But then there's also the way of looking at this film and the way we look at the, our, our industry period. Like you don't, there's, when we watch a Transformers movie or we watch Fast, like I've, I've seen every Fast and Furious. Now I love all of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause it's just some silly Even shit. Even four. Listen, <laughs> if cars are moving fast, <laughs> shit is and, blowing up, yes, yes. people are having fights, like, I, and it's crazy stunts. Listen, I will watch that shit all, all day. Right, all right. You know what I mean? Even, like, no matter what, because I just like that shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, but I'm not going to judge it with the same eyes as I'd look at this kind of piece, because I bring different things to the theater when I watch Birth of a Nation from Nate Parker. You know, like I'm bringing different things to the theater when I don't watch 12... 12 years a slave from whoever because to me it's it's the same shit and to me. me it's it's interesting and I sort of made a connection as what you were saying so she here and I often get in conversations about movies conversations yeah I know right <laughs> uh, screaming matches about movies about like how I said in the beginning how he hates fun right, uh, right. I can go to a, a movie and like you, what you just said about Fast and Furious and I can just be like click and I can enjoy the film and, and you know what all the technical shit uh, and, and the problems and the acting that's poor because it's all sort of like a cohesive gel and I'm just eating my popcorn and watching shit explode. Yeah, I can get behind it. Yeah, uh, if this is not the same sort of twist of it, but I can see why. <clears throat> 
the 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 purpose of a popcorn movie is to go in and be like that was awesome, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not they, they don't <sighs> particularly walk out with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, they don't particularly care if like oh I really didn't like the color palette or right. the the sound design was way off. As long as people walk out and Optimus Prime rode a dinosaur, people generally don't care, or at least mm-hmm. that's what we expect, or based on you know box office receipts. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why Suicide Squad is the number one movie. Wow. Anyway, um, but. So when it comes so, to, I have so many issues with that movie. Oh, we all do. We all do. Yeah, we could. We could go. We're here talking about birth. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell? That thing's got bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my point being is the. How do I put it? The I guess I sort of already said it before. The the the. This film, The Birth of a Nation. I don't feel like. Well, uh, here's my. I'm talking myself out of it now. Nate. Uh, Nate Parker. When you put when you put yourself, and I'm not even talking about the scandal or anything like that. I'm talking about as the writer, producer, director, actor, right. y- and and in the film, sort of like, uh, uh, not Jesus figure, but like holy holy man, the hero, yeah. right? The, the this hero sort of thing. So now, the it's hard for me when when a film isn't sort of like super technically engaging and that just might be my my brain how i view films it's you know when when he's front and center and i don't find his his work exquisite i judge it harsher from that angle Mm -hmm. and but but even saying that i don't think that matters in the same way that i don't think it matters when a dumb action movie we 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 disavow its its flaws. I can disavow this Agreed. film's flaws Agreed. because of how important it is in a weird in a weird way. I, that's a it's a weird roundabout analogy I made, but I think I almost got there. Yeah. yeah, and Ramon, I think we want you to have the last word. On yes, it. so so I'm just gonna go jump in here, and and I do think that you know to your point, Matt Nate Parker, I think is actually a really formidable screen presence. I actually really like him as an actor. Um, I really like his performance in this film. I really like Mm -hmm. the, I I just think he has a real um, innate, (laughs) sorry, bad pan. Wow. Innate screen presence. You You know, that is good. That's (laughs) That's one word for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's, you know, like he, he is a real talent. He was a real Mm -hmm. screen presence. Mm -hmm. And I like, um, this is going to come back to a short film, American, American. Um, I like that film. I've never I, seen it. I, I actually it don't, I don't love it, but I think it's really good. If that's a weird way to say, which is that I think he, there, there's things in that movie in a short that I think are fantastic. And I, and I watched the first 10 minutes or first five minutes mm-hmm. of it. And I was like, wow, this guy is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm now I'm, I'm eager to like see what he does with birth of a nation. Right. But the second half of, of, of American, kind of loses it for me and it has to do with intentionality which is that it's weird because american is is really superbly made but its intentionality falls apart you know like i'm sort of like oh why are we it's clear that that he wanted to like make some sort of public service announcement with this film uh with the birth of nation again i feel like he he kind of takes the narrative and turns it into something that is supposed to rouse our spirits and i and i personally didn't feel that roused by it because I felt that there were things, elements of this film that were slightly, for lack of a better term, clumsily handled. Now that's mm-hmm. not to say, but but for a first film out mm-hmm. the gate, mm-hmm. he certainly demonstrated 
You know, like he has the capacity. I, I want to see more movies by this guy. There was one moment. Sorry to interrupt. There was one moment. I want to see if you guys got it. Because there's one of those mov- moments that totally threw me out. As you said, the word clumsy. And that's why there's a moment where they're, I think they're about to plan the rebellion. He's, it's the daytime. And he's walking out uh, through the forest. And as there's other characters doing stuff to the right, there's like sunbeams, sunstreaks coming down. And he's like lit very, very godly like. But. There's a moment, like one sun streak I could totally see, but there's two from opposite directions. Right. And I'm like, are they on fucking Tatooine right now? I'm like, what the hell is happening? And, and, and th- like those tiny moments, I think, are what threw me out. I hear that. Of I, I, that. I, I generally, like, it has to do <laughs> I was with, very uh-huh, confused by the like No, no, it has to do, that. you know, like, it has to do with things like Jackie Earl Haley's character at the beginning, the Overseer, who, who basically has it out for, Nate, uh, for Nat's yeah. character the whole way through. I, I found that stuff just generally. A little like, uh, you know, like I'm not I'm seeing the writing on the wall kind of thing here. And it's not engaging me in the way that I think it should engage me. But there are like, for example, when his uh, when his wife uh, Cherry is beaten and the image of her beaten reminds us of Emmett Till, the the guy from the the Mm -hmm. 60s who was beaten so badly because he looked at a white woman the wrong way. I think that is powerful, evocative image making. And that is, that's kind of what I want to see from Nate Parker. And I feel like the film as a whole doesn't connect in the way that, that the idea behind that imagery does. And it doesn't connect in the way that I think, for example, the way Spike Lee uses images from the birth of a nation to reclaim it in Malcolm X. Um, and it doesn't connect in the way that I, again, I think Steve McQueen does so beautifully. The, the thing about 12 Years a Slave that I, you know, not to get sidetracked. <laughs> Wrap that, it up, Shere. Is that that film too? Is that that film is such a powerful reminder of the fact that slavery was an economic system. It, it's not, a, mm. you know, like it was an economic system that dehumanized people. And that's what 12 Years a Slave is so good at. I think what a birth, the birth of the nation is supposed to do is to, is to rouse us to the idea of rebellion, the idea that, that we should fight back. When when you are so oppressed, and I and I didn't quite get that sense. I just didn't feel like it kind of connected fully for me. Now again, there are other people that will have a different take on this. And and Romana, I want to hand it over to you to final thoughts. Have the final thoughts on this film. Well, I hope our mm-hmm. even can remember the points I was making in my head. Where you were talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have given you something to write. I, I, I ramble. I, I ramble. I'm trying to write in my mind. I'm trying to write on the table, and I'm I, like, okay. But the, you know, a couple of points that I just mm-hmm. want to make. I think. I think with respect to the to the time period that we're in and and the heavy uh, commercialization, you know, of film and filmmaking right now, I think that, you know, Nate is one of those young people who is already in the Hollywood system that was a good, quick investment. You know, yeah. that like, yo, he's catching on to the zeitgeist, if you will, of the black narrative that is becoming popular and 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 is becoming it is becoming something that we can monetize. You know what I mean? That whole feeling, he's come out with a Hollywood version of it and he's connected with it. He's a quick investment for us now, and we're getting him easy. We're getting him for a low number. You know what I mean? This is <laughs> he's not know, a, he's not a Steven Spielberg. He's not a Steven Spielberg, but he's somebody who we can make a lot of money from in the very short term and to make a and, and a longer term investment yeah, on create, this yeah. particular film because yeah, we see it definitely as as something immediate, but this is an investment. We're trying to make 
make money on this over time, like after the theaters, like in classrooms and like what we're talking about, we're having this conversation because it's going to be talked about in schools. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's the, that's the long-term investment, something like this. And so, even him as a director at, at, to a point, like if he becomes that, you know, a studio sort of golden child, like that, that you're, you're getting him low and you're building him up and yeah. then he can just keep going and, and he's going he's already and going. signed on and he could, he could, he could stumble a bit and you, you can still ride with him because of this thing is so amazing mm-hmm. that we, it's a huge investment. So he caught on, you know, uh, to Nate Parker's credit, he capitalized on this in, a, in at the right time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and we should point out that The Birth of Nation is a much lower budget film than 12 years. And, the, and, and they're making oh, yeah. a lot of money off yep. this yeah. thing. And they will, I think they'll make more money in the long run, even with this conversation, you know, happening now about the filmmaker, because this will, this will blow. They'll make more point. money because of the conversation. Yeah, like this thing is going to blow over. So with respect to, you know, the, the, the financial, the investment thing, like this, that, it's all smart on everybody's part, you know, and it was a good gamble. So it is, it was worth the money. Now with regard to him and within the Hollywood system, that that thing made sense at the right time for everyone involved, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a good Hollywood film to me, you know, and then the second part of it with him as a, as a filmmaker, with Nate as a filmmaker, I think that he, as his first feature film, yeah. totally immersed in this thing on so many levels, I'm going to give him the room to make choices I wouldn't let anybody else make. You know, there are certain scenes in that movie yeah. that evoke other films from the from the black filmmakers diaspora mm-hmm. of like, oh, these these are films that that black people teach other black people about mm-hmm. these filmmakers. And he evoked those feelings and images with those, with those images that you guys are talking about. There are those of us who were like, yo, he did that shit in a major film. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Oh, like he brought that stuff that we talk about in our circles. Like he, I was like, yo, he, he did it like that. Get the hell out of yeah. here. So there's this other thing in terms of his filmmaking, in terms of like his style, what he's introducing to us. I think that, I'm going to give him that room to 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 say now nah, I'm not going to compare you to someone who has their own canon of work. Like they you got to look at their other people's work, their their film, their second, their third, their 18th, however many films these guys are making, you're looking at that canon and you're judging a a, a kid if you will, a freshman. Yeah. You know, in the same way we're judging this other storyteller. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think I think that's important and, that's and when we have that point. when we yeah. have that conversation about comparing it to other films. And then, you know, the third part of that is that as a, as a, and I I bring it back to this, you know, all the time that as a filmmaker, you know, he connected with me more than a lot of films about this history because of his perspective. You know, there are other people, even, you know, other black people have the, but he's got a white wife and all this good shit. Who gives a fuck, you know, because he's telling this story and he felt it so much. Like he, this, he may never do a film like this ever in his career at this level. Like there are other people like that who I'm like, their best shit was their first shit. And Mm -hmm. you know, that's it or whatever. So he may be that person, but who the hell knows? Let's, let's ride with him. Let's give him that opportunity to do whatever he wants to do. But in this moment in time, he connected with it's, you know it's a story of um you know Scarface of mm-hmm. of uh of what's the other the god the good the Godfather, Godfather. it connected with people 
at a, on so many levels at that point in time. And that's what he did, you know, that is why we make films, why people make films. Is I want you to feel this, and then I want you to walk away from it having a conversation and having been through some sort of emotional journey. And for me, and, you know, and and I don't, I don't want to say I speak for a lot of black men, you know, or even black women or whatever, but I know uh, the sight I saw and the feeling that I felt in this theater when I saw the screening, I was like, wow, I didn't know we could feel like this collectively in this space together. And I think that there are other people in my community who feel that way. So he was able to capture that emotion in a way that was personal to, to me and people who look like me and people who felt like me. So at the end of the day, you know, it, 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 it will always be something that we talk about it within our community as, as a powerful film and something that people need to see, but we'll always have these side conversations about him as a man and all, and all that good jazz, but the art will stand the test of time. You know, that man will die at some point, but the art will stand the test of time. That's part of why we make this thing too, you know, and he was able to become part of that canon of black films, you know, for black people it, with that one film, with his first time out, and be a part of this major industry at the same fucking time, black people are like, "Holy shit!" Did the most amazing <laughs> shit we thought would never happen, and did it in the blackest way possible by hiring a mostly black cast, and you did everything on your own. Yeah, you got people to invest in you, some real black shit, and we're like, "Holy mm. fuck!" You know, so all those points collectively, to me, make this a very powerful, very important film for the time and for 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 the history of the United States. Yeah. You yeah. know, like for us to have this conversation not only about the film but about the issues raised in the film and even the filmmaker, you know, which makes this this story, this film, this whatever, you know, it it's perfect for our time and I think it's it's perfect, you know, even for all of its imperfections, it is a perfect film because it does just that. It 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 it, it does its job. All right. suddenly made everything I've said feel so small. I <laughs> All my little nitty gritties about the film feel Put so small. Put the light small. streaks. Shut the fuck up, you two. Yeah. No, uh, that was wonderful. Well, Thank guys, you. this has been the only podcast about the birth of a nation. I'm glad I was on it. Uh, Ramon, thank you so much for coming, man. My pleasure. Uh, where can folks find you when you're... Uh, just fucking raging on film, man, or not just, where can folks find you in general? Shit, you can always find me on Facebook, damn it, you yeah. know, uh, just just Ramon Ali Bug, you can always just kind of search that, I'm Papa Bug on Twitter and on Instagram, nice. at Papa Bug, P-O-P-P-A-B-U-G-G, -G. you can find me everywhere, um, and then there's RamonAliBug.com, and there's PopStarMedia.tv, I'm in so many places, everyone, mm -hmm. like, it's pretty easy to find, so um, so yeah, RamonAliBug.com, that's where I'm at, and you can find out what my comings and going are. Nice. Excellent. Shahir, what about you? Uh, you can find me at shahirdaud.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. You can hit us up at onlymoviepodcast.com. Uh, I always try to say onlymoviepodcast at gmail. son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, or on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Uh, before we go out, I know I always like to throw in the Criterion Corner, but the Criterion Corner is going to go away soon because Criterion is no longer going to be available on Hulu. It's moving to a new platform, Filmstruck, which I'm sure I'll sign up to. Yeah, you will. You <laughs> and, consumer whore. I know, and have something else. But I would just, I just want everyone to um, go out and see, not a Criterion film, but a Netflix film, and that's Ava DuVernay's film, uh, the thir uh, it's just called 13th, uh, about the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, and basically, which is about the, the ongoing fallout from slavery and its relationship to the prison industrial complex. It is essential viewing, uh, particularly if you are about to go and vote. 
uh, this November. Uh, please go out and see that film. It's amazing. Matt, where can we find you? You can find me at uh, MatthewKroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. You can also find me at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Please also drop us as many stars as you would like on ye old iTunes machine. It definitely helps get some ears our way and we thoroughly appreciate it. Keep emailing us again, like Shahir said, and uh, request some films. Also, uh, I'm going to do a Marvel thing. Watch Luke Cage, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. All uh, of them. <laughs> should go out with Method Man song. Uh, uh, I believe so. I believe so. That seems right. very, very apt. So thank you, Ramon, yet again. And uh, guys, we did it. <laughs> we Consider it done, everybody. All right. See you next week. Man, it is what it is. Can't understand a man if you ain't live what he live. Coaches in the crib and got no food up in the fridge. Plus the crime running rampant and it's screwing up the kids. Swear you man, what kind of paradise is this? I just want my 40 acres and some cash on the wrist. But these snakes is trying to gather in the pit where you get the cotton out, plucking ashes off the clip.